I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guests are Jen and Darren. They're a married couple who are both battling cancer. Let's talk about it. I'm really excited. Um, we are joined by uh, Jen and Darren uh, from from down in the down in the south. Uh, well, south. S- south from here. Uh, where, where are you guys at? Where are you guys located? We're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Actually, we're, Ada, we're, so. we're, yeah, we're kind of in your territory. Yeah. You know what I mean, you're I mean, where in Canada are you? We're in so Halifax. You might, I think you Halifax, I think you're I think you're north of us. To be, oh, okay. if, I'm, if, I'm, yeah. if I'm thinking of, uh, if I'm actually, imagining my map correctly, it actually might be. Yeah, Jerry, you're really good at the Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, uh, doing the uh, the accent from there. What does that sound like again? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, guys, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, no, you do it all the time. Let's yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, fine. Um, uh, hi there. <laughs> It's pretty good, eh? Oh, it's yeah. really I, I, fucking, like I, I kind of. I it. thought that you were gonna do like a Fargo, <laughs> like a Fargo thing. You no, know, I, where I where I come from, uh, I'm from the UP of Michigan, and so I like everyone else talks like out and about, and uh, so I used to have hey. that accent. Oh hey. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, hey. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, this is uh, this is gonna be a really interesting conversation because I think this might be a first for us. Um, but we are talking to uh, a, a married couple that both are sharing very similar experiences in that you both are living with cancer. Um, and uh, that's uh, that right there just sets me up with a fuckload of questions to dive right? into. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to like kind of piece together where we should start. But oh, I know exactly where to start. Oh, um, when okay, you, Brian. Yeah. When okay. you guys met during chemotherapy, how did, what made you know that you should get uh, married so quickly? <laughs> oh my gosh. It is crazy. It, I mean, when I was diagnosed, I was like, there's no fucking way. There's yeah, no yeah, way. I know. There's no hey, way. What's up with you and the, your, uh, you're like a little swear box today. Oh, there's <laughs> Letting it go. I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> contagious. Oh, the floodgates hey, are open. Can I, can I um, address the uh, elephant in the room right now? Yes, please. Absolutely. So, how come you chose the podcast right during March Madness? Like, there's <laughs> games going on right now. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, no, no, no. The Stanley Cup playoffs don't start until, uh, oh, start until April. Right. You guys are Canadians. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. What's that March Madness? <laughs> I, I, thought March Madness <laughs> I thought March Madness is what happens in uh, Orlando during March break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I thought that was a spring break reference. Um, yeah. So so let's let's take it back then and, and kind of go through like the chronological order here. Because, Darren, I know that you were the you were the first one to start the trend, this cancer trend within your relationship. Um, what, uh, what kind of cancer were you, were you diagnosed with? Um, I was originally diagnosed with a astrocytoma, but it was like a grade two, grade two. 
And then after that, uh, when I went up to my, after my second surgery, I went to grade three, third surgery, went to a glioblastoma, glioblastoma. glioblastoma grade four. Yeah. So it, it started in 2009. It was actually on my birthday that oh, he was diagnosed, yeah. which oh, is what insane. A, what a thoughtful gift. I know we were exactly. like out having dinner and his MRI was scheduled at nine o'clock at night. And then I was just in, in the waiting room, just waiting. Cause we were meeting friends out afterwards. Oh. And all of a sudden the tech came and got me and I was like, why? Like, I thought he was going to come out and I go into this waiting room and he walks out with an IV in his, his arm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, whoa. What, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. They see something in my brain. So it started in 2009, came back quickly, 18 months later because the first surgeon sucked. Yeah. In fact, he didn't even like when Darren started having seizure activity again, they did another MRI and he's like, no, he's fine. And Darren was like, no, I'm not fine. Mm -hmm. So then it came back in 2011 and he had an open, uh, um, an awake brain surgery. It was like Whoa. eight hours long. Which he is was, crazy. He was awake for three hours of it. And when we say and awake, are we talking like, are we talking like fully conscious, you know? Like yeah. I mean, I was, I was talking to, um, what they want to do is they had three people that are there just strictly to talk to me, wow. um, to keep me awake. So they wanted me to stay awake for as long as possible. And, um, there's in, in the brain, there's no pain sensors. Right. So, um, but it, it was kind of crazy. I mean, we were talking about football, Dallas Cowboys, um, cause they asked, they're like, what would you like to talk about? And so I just said football. And I mean, we talked about for football for three hours. Like, let's talk about, let's talk about Troy Aikman's hands. <laughs> how, big, how, like, how big are they? You know? Wait, when, when that's, that's crazy. I've never heard that before, but it, it makes sense. Not the Troy Aikman thing, but the uh, no, no pain centers in the brain. Yeah. So like they can touch your brain. Yeah. Well, like, right. It's like the, I mean, the, the, this, the burnt this, toast will, this will go over yeah. Jen and Darren's head, but the, but the burnt toast commercial, like the Canadian heritage moment where he's poking her brain and she's like, Dr. Penfield, you smell burnt toast. Right. But it's wild because I've never thought, like, I've always thought like, oh, well, there must be some sort of like painful sensation when that's happening. But I guess when you say that, it makes yeah. sense that there yeah, well, that's, like, Just as a, as a small explanation for, for you there, there was a series of commercials in Canada when we were, when we were kids called yes. Heritage Moments. Yeah. And they surrounded all of these iconic Canadian, uh, like inventions or, or strides that were made in, in various, you know, fields. It was basically sports, meant to whatever. let children in Canada know that we are in fact just as good, if not better than the people in the United States. You don't have to right. base yeah, everything off right. yeah. those yeah. fucking people below Debatable. us. You know, <laughs> hey, look, I, 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 I didn't say it. You know, this is what they were saying. Yeah, the um, campaign was called Make Canada Great Again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so I, I just want to, before we get too, too, too far forward in the story, there, the, uh, there was two things that, that I, I was kind of curious about. The first one was, you said, um, Darren, you said an, an astral cytoma? What, what, what was Astrocytoma. Astros, what is that? Yeah. It is like a, Jen probably knows well, more about this, but. There's two different types. One is starts with an O for brain cancers. Well, there's many, but the astrocytoma, it's just a family. So his starts off as an astrocytoma. When it mm. went to grade three, it was an anaplastic astrocytoma. 
now it's it's technically not a glioblastoma anymore. They changed that diagnosis in this last year. Not the diagnosis, but the naming of it. The naming of it yeah. too. So like the girl that you guys interviewed a while ago, she had a glioblastoma. Mm. It always will be a glioblastoma, but since his started at a lesser degree, oh, his and goes okay. to a grade four, it may, it's not going to actually react as if it's a glioblastoma. Yeah. And, and um, is the grade... Is the grade determined by this by its size, or what? What are the what? What changes it from grade to grade? It is. Uh, there's a lot of characteristics. It's usually the cancer itself and what that looks like when they do testing. It's it's just what the cells look like, like okay. how aggressive they are. Yeah. Okay. Can can we go mm-hmm. even further back for for a second? So leading up to um, your birthday, Jen, when when Darren decided to like go and ruin it by getting cancer. Um, totally what, ruined it. What, what led to you getting an MRI in the first place? Um, this is kind of weird, but I went to my family doctor, which first of all, I don't go to the doctor that often. And so I just, I told him, I said, he asked, you know, what's your symptoms? And I said, honestly, I think I have brain cancer. But his symptoms Whoa. were, he told me like a month prior to that. And I kept trying to get him to go in. But his symptoms were he was trying to write an email and his like really like easy words. He could not come up with the spelling. So yeah. it's all like a two minute email was taking him 30 minutes. And he was like, oh. why are these words not coming to me? Why can't I figure out the spelling of like super simple words? Yeah. And I, I don't um, I stopped verbalizing things right. And when I started reading and writing, I would read backwards. It was almost like um what's the, the name like or dyslexia. You, uh, dyslexia. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's almost like I, I felt like I had dyslexia. Yeah. And so it was just kind of a, a thing. And I knew, um, deep down, cause my doctor said, there's a 99% chance that you don't have brain cancer. And this is like years ago when That's brain cancer wasn't quite as, um, quite as common. Yeah. And it seems like everybody now, like seems to have brain cancer. Like so I don't feel thing. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel that special anymore. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I had this whole thing. This is my personality. And now I got to adapt. Yeah. I got to pivot. Yeah. It was crazy, though. After his, after his second surgery was wild. Like he had so many. Well, first of all, on his way to the second surgery, we almost landed a plane because he passed out on the plane. Whoa. Like, wow. Literally was walking Great down. The, uh, yeah. To go to the restroom and just dropped. Oh my God. And so like all the lights go on, they're looking for a doctor. And here's a crazy thing is that, yeah. um, a surgeon on Darren's team from MD Anderson was no. behind Get us, like directly no. behind us. Yeah. Why does wow. it, why, why every time a story like that happens and like comes up on the podcast, there's a, there, the person's there. Like <laughs> it's so fucking right? crazy to me that this, this shit happens. What like what a what a what a coincidence! That's so amazing. We sat and we were like so we sat back in the seat and our seat. And we're like, oh my god! So embarrassed. She's like, you just passed out, and I'm like, I know. I'm like, I hope no one's no one's no, watching. No, they were all watching. <laughs> they were watching. They were kind of like, yeah. I went down to my seat and I'm like, oh my god, I'm we're so just embarrassed. So embarrassed. Like, oh. Uh, and then we were those people that they're like, when we you land, they, everybody had to stay seated. They had to come yeah. get there, and and we're like, oh my god, uh-huh. can we just get off quietly? without making a big deal of this yeah. <laughs> and everybody in the rows that are the rows yeah. in front of you are like 
Dude, so we're, we're, we're supposed to be going. Yeah, 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 yeah right. that's our that's our spot. Why is <laughs> right. everything so much more embarrassing on a plane? It just feels like totally. everything you do yeah. is like being like is like it's under because, scrutiny. It's because there's only one like you there. There's only you can only look front and back. You can only look forward basically. <laughs> so like that's, any, pro- any, that's probably what it is. And, and you're you're staring down a tunnel, and everything is in your field of view. So yeah. any, everything that happens, like you catch. Uh, I'm like mortified when I have to put my bag up in the compartment and I'm like, yeah. oh, everybody's looking at me while I'm, yeah. maybe my shirt's lifting up a little bit. Like, do this I have person to the, This person behind me has a stop, has a stopwatch and they're clocking how long it takes me <laughs> so to, 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 to make sure I don't violate the, the amount of time that, that that's allotted to put my bag up there. It certainly uh, feels, it feels that ridiculous. way. ridiculous. Uh, and you know what it is? The old people are really good at it. It's yeah. the young people that don't know what the hell they're doing because they've yeah. only flown like three times in their life. Yeah. <laughs> Total panic. No. Total fucking panic. I um I so just correct me here if, if I'm wrong, but you've had how how many you've had three or four major brain surgeries? I've had uh three of them. And it's kind of funny because with the you know, the first one, I thought I was like super special, right? And then the second one, you know, I had a lot of complications. A with lot. It. And so that was bad. And then now that uh after the th- third Yep, two and a half one, whatever. Um, it was third. Yeah, my third one. It it got to the point where I was like, I'm so sick of this, you know. And yeah. it's not like I was upset by it. It's just like, oh god, it's like now I have to go rehab again, again. you know. So, yeah. but the yeah. second one was insane, you guys. Like yeah. he had um, a stroke after, so we flew home five days later, and he had a stroke back here. And he was in the hospital for a month and there were so many complications with that. Like, I truly didn't think he was going to survive that year and he lost all of his ability on one side. Now he's totally fine. Like, that's, what's amazing about it. Totally fine. Have you seen my golf game? Like this arm is like, so I have like an alien arm where I don't even I mean, like know where it goes. For you, kinda, you're totally fine. You kind of hope it would be like one of those things where, you know, like, you know, the guy, uh, this is like a, some fucking movie trope, I'm sure. But like the guy that just d- demolishes his pinky finger. And then all of a sudden he's like the QB that everyone wishes they could be because he's got that perfect <laughs> yeah. spin to the fucking throw. Pinky is locked into yeah. position. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, I, I'm like Spider-Man. Yeah. But it, but it was like the I opposite this... for you. Like it just fucked your golf game so badly that like, <laughs> totally. It's a good yeah. excuse. That's what you're mad about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I, makes sense. I, I know that. So, so we early days of the podcast, actually the, the second recording we ever did uh, was with, um, a friend of ours who passed away, uh, Matthew Amiot, he had, he had a brain tumor as well. And I remember the first time that I saw Matt after, after his diagnosis and after his surgery, it was actually kind of soon after his surgery. I didn't know this. We went to this rap show here in the, in the city and uh, we meet up. We haven't seen each other in a couple of years. And the first thing he does when he shows up is he takes his hat off. He's like, check this out. And he shows me this scar that that is uh, a very similar shape to the the same kind of headphones you're wearing right now, which which basically it started at one ear, went all the way up and over the skull to the other the top of the other ear, and so you you've had a few brain surgeries. Um, what what do they do? Like what what kind of surgery? I, I mean, I don't know if that's the right way to word it. What kind of surgery do they do? But um, what is the pro? Can like what is it? the process? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah! Whoa! Yeah! Okay. So it's you're like, not even seeing the whole thing. It's yeah. like it the back, back, like back, uh, left side of your mm-hmm. your skull. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's pretty badass. So it goes really. all the way up the side, all the way back. And so typically, what usually happens—not always, of course. 
it usually grows around the same area if it's going to come back. Okay. And so all three times he's just gone over the same scar. And they just open it up the same fucking yeah. place. Wow. Yeah. Physically, scar tissue is a pretty trippy thing. And it, and it has a lot of like really interesting trickle down effects on the body. Like have you, aside from like, you know, <laughs> the golf game being fucked up, like the actual scar, the actual scarring of from the surgery itself. Like, do you notice any, do you have any issues with like your neck and stuff like that? Like, like any sort of tension or weird shit that's come from having the back of your skull fucking opened up several times? Oh, uh, not at all. The only, there's one place like right back, well, you can't really see it. There's a place like up here that um, there's a tender spot. So if I hit it, it's like jump out of your chair kind of thing. Oh, Jesus. But it's oh. only when I actually do it myself, I can feel that one little spot. Um, but otherwise it's like no pain, um, even through my surgeries, um, it wasn't pain. It was the, I think the pain was from all the, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? The strokes and stuff and, yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. the crazy part is, is what they wanted to do. So what happened was after the stroke, he was in so much freaking pain that, and he had this washcloth. And he kept like slathering it like on his head. And I'm like, you, it can't touch your, it can't touch your incision. Like I'm like begging him not to have it close to where, cause you're just not supposed to get it wet. Sure, yeah, right. And I swear this is what caused the issue. Cause he then had a um, infection on the site of where his tumor is. Oh, no. And so, yeah, it was a mess. And his doctor wanted to do a surgery to remove the bone flap take out that, like cut out that part of the skull. Yeah. About like, and then oh sew back up. And then about nine months later, re so he would have like an ashtray in there. Oh and Darren is, Darren is very vain. I know. It's like, if it, <laughs> if it's not for my looks, like what value do I bring to the table? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I am curious uh, regarding your looks. Like, were you bald before the cancer or is, or is this, are you rocking this haircut now pre-cancer or uh, uh, post-cancer? Well, what happened is um, I thought it was all like, so this side actually has hair on it. Like it's, it's all gray, but I mean, it's very thick. And this side where the scar is, is very thin. So I saw myself on video and all of a sudden I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm I was like, like Darren, it's time terrible... to take it down. I took a video of him walking away. He's like, oh my God. No I'm like, you got to take it down. Yeah. So you know what I did? is I didn't even tell anyone. I didn't tell Jenny. I didn't tell my son. I just went in. I'm like, just shave my whole head. Yeah. And so I came back and they're like, you just shaved your head. And I'm like, I know, right? You know, yeah. it, you've got it, a very natural, it, natural, uh, natural I, bald look. It looks great. Like you, like, you, you know. you've got that Hitman, uh, Hitman kind of look at a video game. If you're not familiar and it, just bald, bald as shit with a, with a, uh, weird bark, with a weird Christ, on the back of his neck, uh, and it looks fucking great. And you wear it really well. Like it, I, I would, you know, if I saw you out and about, I, I don't think the, you know, because like sometimes you see someone who has uh, has gone through cancer or is in the middle of like chemo, and they 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 are they are bald, and and you can kind of tell. Like there's this like, they yeah. they kind of wear it in that sense that whether or not I, I doubt it's like conscious, but like you can just sort of see it with you. I I'm I'm looking at you. I would never, I would just go, yeah, the guy yeah. just. Rocking the rocking the dome. Yeah, sorry, sorry to all those people out there who are bald because yeah. of uh of bald because they have are on chemo and Jeremy thinks that they are look horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. not what I meant. That's, yeah. that's what you said. You know, the <laughs> you want to know something no, 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 really no, no, funny no, no. is you um, son of a bitch. <laughs> so many people tell me 
I mean daily. That so I I have these a uh, couple pair of Gucci sunglasses, and I look like Pitbull, and I'm exactly. not even joking. <laughs> people like literally yes. stop him and ask him if he's Pitbull. Yeah. 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 Do, you just, do you ever just go? Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want an autograph? <laughs> Are you going for a photo? Well, do you know what the name of our podcast used to be? Was um, Mr. Worldwide and His Bride. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have a podcast called Not uh, Not Today Cancer. Yeah. Um, yes. And uh, and I, I I'm I'm looking forward to diving into into that <clears throat> in that project that you guys do together. But before we get to that, I'm um, one of the things that I'm that I'm I, I I'm really curious about, especially in this context be, between the two of you. Um, considering everything that you guys have been through, um, and and sort of before we get into your your experience, Jen, um, when I I know that, uh, and I've had many conversations about this on on this podcast, but also in my other podcast with my wife, um, <clears throat> about how one of the tough things with illness, whether it be chronic or terminal or uh, mental or what have you is that oftentimes um, when someone becomes sick in a, uh, within the romantic relationship, the other partner oftentimes has to uh, wear a couple of different hats. And one of those hats is like, you know, the intimate partner who is there to love and, and like, you know, comfort and, and be, you know, be the, the, the rock that that other person needs, but also wearing this hat of like the caretaker. And for, for a lot of relationships and a lot of people, that's a really, that's a really fucking tough thing to do. Um, because it, it almost, it, sometimes it almost separates you from being able to be the romantic partner at the exact same time. It's a lot of weight to carry. And so Jen, when, when Darren, um, was going through and is going through this, um, you know, for an extended period of time with all of these surgeries and, and the complications. Um, how was that experience for you in, in having to take on that role? Or was that something that you, that you were willing to take on? Um, and, and if so, you know, what, what did that feel like? What were the challenges associated with that? Yeah, that's a great question because it is so important. And this is such an issue for so many people that are going through it. Um, I am a caretaker at heart. So like taking care of him was everything to me. But what happens is, is your roles change. So we mm -hmm. went from husband and wife having a romantic relationship to caretaker patient. And he was sick for a whole year after that second brain surgery, like rough, like to the point where I had to teach him how to do very simple things. Like, what do you do on an elevator? Like how, mm. you know, like the tiniest things were, were, he had to learn over again. Like he still doesn't know numbers very well. And you know, you know, what freaks me out the most escalator. escalators and people movers. Oh, yeah. I, I still can't figure it out. So funny watching him get on. I mean, I don't mean to what, laugh. What is that, but... is, what's a people mover? People who like the floor, you know, moves, when you go right? through the, yeah, it's like at the airport, you know, yeah. ah, like those ah, long yes. runway strips that just right. move. Right. Moving yes. sidewalk. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Moving Watching sidewalk. him get on is hysterical. Yeah. So tr yeah, trying to get on and off those things is like a nightmare. Yeah. Are you like a, are you are you like are, are, do you do it are you kind of like a like a like a like a cat who's curious about who's curious yeah. about pool? 
Like they're like they kind of put yeah. their paw Honestly, on a little bit. That's a great analogy. I, I don't know if you guys <laughs> totally. know. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's literally like a, a compilation of videos on the internet of people that are in your position, Darren, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really funny to watch because you'll see people like. I don't know what it is. It oftentimes it's a cultural thing too. So it's like people coming from a country where they've never seen one before and then they step on and like they'll latch on to the yeah. to the to the like the handrail which is moving at a different pace than the than the foot than, than <laughs> yep. like the stairs and, and they won't let go and so their body just starts stretching. It's just If you've seen so the, the movie funny. Elf Yes. 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 Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's That's Darren. That's Darren. I'm like, oh, Lordy. Oh, Lordy. That wasn't a thing before the, before the brain surgery. Mm -mm. Right. Correct. So so what do you think that is? Is that just like a, is that just a, like a, a sort of shift in your, in your ability to be physically aware? Yeah. I'm it's, it's, yeah. He has a lot of issues with, um, carry over. Whoops. So like, if, if I'm like, Hey, do this and this, he, he doesn't really understand that. Or like, if he's going to get coffee in the morning, he doesn't really know where to start. Like he might grab the, this, and this is every day. He might grab the um, coffee pot and then he's like, wait, what do I need next? So it's a processing thing. Mm. Um, he also like, Oh my gosh, you guys, he's done the craziest things. Like he's gone to take a sip of water and he just throws the water in his face. <laughs> he's or like, not, like, man. uh, trying to brush my teeth. There, there was a time I was trying to brush my teeth and I had a razor in my hand and I had a toothbrush. Oh my, my God. <laughs> and it took me forever. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so frustrated right now. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm, I'm hearing, you know what I mean? Oh my like God. I'm, I, and I'm, I'm hearing you describe these things and like, obviously they, they sound very funny and it sounds like you got, you both approach them as, as, yeah. as quite funny, yeah. but, but that right. can also, but I can also see that being like, you know, like staring at a coffee pot thinking, what do I do next? And being very frustrated with not being able to figure out what is the next yeah. step? Like, is it a, is it, you know, is it a, is it something that is, you know, very frustrating in the moment. And then in hindsight, it becomes, you know, you see the humor in it. Is it funny in the moment? Is it a mix of both? What, how does that, how does that play out? You know, it, it's funny in the moment to me. I mean, I, I rarely ever get frustrated. Um, he'll, he'll come down and be like, Oh my God, you will not believe what I just did. I almost just peed in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm have my pants down. I, Guess I'm what? like, I did pee in the sink. I, just, I was trying to, oh, just trying to keep it a secret. You but, weren't that. You weren't that guy that was running. Truthful. You weren't that guy who was running for president, who was a real estate broker and got caught peeing in the cups in the sink, wasn't he? <laughs> 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 oh shit! Yeah. I, oh, oh. I stirred a martini with my penis. I don't fucking know what to do. <laughs> I'm so glad that you can see oh, that you, I'm so glad that you approach that you approach yeah. it that way because I can, because I, I think that I think, you know, for, for, for people, you could really toss that up in the air and it could, and it could come down in either way, incredibly yeah. frustrating and demoralizing or, you know, seeing it through the lens of humor and going, yeah. wow, my brain just did the wildest thing. Yeah. It told it like I, yeah. I accidentally, I threw water in my face out of nowhere. Like how quickly do you, <clears throat> Like how quickly do you recognize, does your brain go, Oh, you just tried to do that. Well, when I'm, when I throw water in my own face, like pretty quick, there's not a delay. Exactly. Yeah. But, I, um, like I said, with the, 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 uh, the razor and the toothbrush thing, I was trying to process it forever. 
Yeah. I mean, I was trying to make that decision. And that's one of the things that sticks out most is that I got to the point and I'm like, I'm just going to go for it because, you know, it's going to take me all day. I'm so lucky of his attitude. Like yeah. you have no idea, like everything he has been through. And I, we've met other women or couples going through this and I've seen it the other side for women who are dealing with the husband that's going through this. Cause a lot of times it can affect your personality as well. And Ooh. it never affected his personality. And he actually just, I'm like, I think they tweaked something in his brain to make him happier. So yeah, I'm so grateful. True. Like I get freaked out. Like when he'll tell me things, I'm like, shit, does this mean like something's happening? Like I worry, mm. but he like laughs off the, the stuff that happens. But so going back to the question that it took a lot of work. Yes. So once he, it was about a year afterwards. Um, I, I mean, there was, we were truly just like best friends. I was his caretaker there was no romance whatsoever yeah. mm -hmm. just because he was sick most of the time and he was learning, you know, and it's very difficult. And he knows this. We've had many conversations. Yeah. We've gone to therapy. He knows that for me, it was like, I even had a time, hard time because I didn't see him in that romantic way mm -hmm. because I was teaching him how to do these little, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, it changes. So I actually went to EMDR to kind of retrain the thought process of that. And then we went to therapy together and we started dating and we're totally fine. And it was yeah. only after that one time. And then after, and cause he snapped right back after the third one, he was like ready to go. And then with mine, I struggled a little bit because when you have breast cancer, you're like, this doesn't yeah. feel sexy. Like yeah. my breast just tried to kill me. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I, I like any sort of breast. So I don't care if they're demented. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I it, it takes work. So it, it definitely yeah. takes work. And I, and I've heard of couples that don't get through this, but mm -hmm. we dove in and we, our, our relationship is so important and, that we did the hard work and, to and get how through did, that. How did yeah. you know, how did you know how to, how to combat that? You know, like what, what did, did you guys have anyone to talk to, to kind of give you guideposts to be like, all right, listen, this is going to look, this is likely going to play out this way. So it might be good for you to seek therapy. It might be good for you to have certain conversations or, or was this just, this, this is just the kind of the way you guys tick and, and you knew, all right, if this is going to happen, we've, we've got to take these actions to, to kind of mitigate this. I knew most of it because that is how my I'm a researcher. Like yeah. when something goes south, I'm like, okay, I dive into the research. I'm like, well, how do I fix this? What what mm -hmm. needs to happen? But with the EMDR, I didn't know about that. I was talking with my girlfriend. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do you I, guys know what EMDR is? Yeah, it's the uh, app and I, I rapid eye movement, movement desensitization. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's the S? What's the R stand for? Rapid eye movement. Ra rapid. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure remember. that if they e knew it, they no, maybe, maybe movement. Uh, wait, EM. I can't remember. So, eye but anyway, desensitization, eye movement, yes. desensitization, and reprocessing. Reprocessing. Yeah. Yes. So you just think of it di differently. So it's still there, but like, like at one point where he was, you know, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. And where he was screaming at the, he doesn't have any memory of this, but at begging me to save him that he was dying. This was during the stroke, you know, like that was, I couldn't, I couldn't shake all the stuff like girls. Yeah. I mean, you guys probably know this, like when you're there's for sex, it's not just like for men, there's a lot in your head 
for a woman to, you know, yeah. enjoy it and like have fun. Yeah. And just, and in the, and in the, and in the illness or, you know, major trauma or injury thing, like, you know, my, I, I got hit by a car a couple of years ago and I, and it was a really bad accident and I really me- mentally more or less shook it off. And, you know, Kyla, like Kyla really doesn't really like me joking about it, even though I, I, I feel like I can a lot, but she deals with that in a very different way than I do. And, mm-hmm. and it's, and yeah, it's just a, it's just a totally different, um, a totally different experience. Mm. Jen, uh, you, so, so, oh, because I th- you no, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, um, like the three of us guys, we'd think it's funny if you got hit by a car. There's four. You, you know what I mean? There's four. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm saying like, I have a friend that got hit by a Wonder Bread truck one time and we just kind of laughed a, it see, off exactly and he, see? And he got like he got like forty thousand dollars to get hit by a wonder bread truck yeah yeah it's, a, it's it, like really they're, funny they're, like especially i mean like when when you right yeah dude we're all as, as soon as as soon as darren said that we were all immediately laughing like if like, you just said like, he got hit by a truck i would have been like oh jesus but when you said wonder bread truck i there's something just, comedic it's about become, it. yeah there's something there's something very uh fucking yeah. hilarious about that I, I uh, Jen, you had you had mentioned uh, you you you'd revealed that you've you've you were diagnosed with breast cancer. So the, so we're now getting into the the second diagnosis within the relationship to two people living with cancer. Yours came. Um, yours is actually quite recent in in comparison to to Darren's uh, cancer, which was which was diagnosed back in two thousand nine. Um, you were diagnosed in February of, of last year, right? Hey insane so i it was just a it was weird i kept seeing like for a few months prior to it i kept seeing the number 11 11 i'm like what the hell does this mean so i looked into it and it means like pay attention like you know all this thing and i was like i saw it like for the bajillion time i'm like do i need to schedule a mammogram and i did Whoa. i was past due just by a little bit so i scheduled the mammogram and they called me back um like after like two days after they're like hey we're seeing something i'm like okay like no big deal. Like yeah. I, that, literally, I was like, there's no way they're like, um, do you want to know what breast? I'm like, sure. But I'm like, and in my head though, I was going, it's your left. It's your left. I know they're going to say your left in my area. The way they do it is you go to, you have the ultrasound, the repeat ultrasound, then the, or wait, the repeat mammogram. And then you have an ultrasound. And then if you need to, you see the doctor. So I go to the repeat mammogram and they didn't see anything at first. And they're like, Oh yeah, here it is on the third slide. I'm like, okay. She's like, now let me just have the doctor read it. And they're like, yep, you have to go back for the ultrasound. And I'm in the ultrasound and I'm still like, not even worried. And you know, it's COVID times. Darren's not there. Like, I'm just not even worried. I I wasn't there because they wouldn't allow me to. Yeah. 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 So it's not like I abandoned her. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You were like, you got this. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts.
How how much do mammograms suck? Do, like suck don't they like bad. squish yeah. the shit out of your your boobs? Yes, mammograms they are not fun, especially when you have breast implants because they have to do more pictures and they actually have to like move the implant around and it truly like oh. flattens your breast. Oh, that's not and fun. That and is that because so um, ouchy. Is that is that because is that because the, like there's there's um there's more density there for the images to try and see through? Well, actually, good question. Some people have dense breasts, some don't. So it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And I think they just have to do more pictures when there's breast implants. But you're on this machine and you've got like one arm up and your breast is like laying on this table and you're it's the, the positioning is insane. Oh, and then right. you have a tech that's like slamming down your breast. And there's these two things that literally squeeze it down like a pancake. I got them. It's not pretty. I'm surprised they don't pop. Yeah. I'm surprised that that's not, that. I'm surprised that that's not how we, how we check for testicular cancer. Like even yeah. just like, even like, e- oh, even Jesus if it wasn't even Christ. necessary, like even, even if it was just like, Hey, you know, if you've got, if you've got boobs and this is how we got to do it. So, so, so we just got to do it with your nuts. So, so. Yeah. So we're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to level the playing yeah. field here and, <laughs> and put your nuts in a vice. Makes sense. Yeah. Why? You know what I, you know what I told you? Oh, sorry. No, no. Uh, what I told Jenny. Um, so I haven't, I've never had a colonoscopy colonoscopy and I'm like, there's no chance I'm going to do that. I'm like, I'm going to die of brain cancer way before I die of colon, colon cancer, cancer. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, uh, I, I can imagine that when the diagnosis came in for you, Jen, it was a pretty big, like, are you fucking kidding me? Kind totally. of moment. Um, what, like, what was going through your mind? How, what, what was that experience like? Well, it was funny that when the doctor came in and, you know, was asking me like, so you don't feel anything on that left side. And I was like, no. And he was like, we definitely are seeing something and we're pretty sure this is cancer. And I'm like, okay. But i still was like, no freaking way. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're like, we're going to schedule for a biopsy. They'll probably call you next week. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, um, I, I'm, he's like, do you have any more questions? I'm like, nope. I was like, I just want to get home to Darren. And my son drew was here. And so I came home. I'm like, they want to do a biopsy, which whatever, they'll call me sometime next week. And literally the second I get home, I get a phone call and it's them. And she's like, the doctor looks through the report and they are 99% sure this is cancer. So we need you back ASAP first thing in the morning. So then I kind of knew what I was dealing with. And then I found out um, on 22221 that it was invasive ductal carcinoma stage one grade two. So it was like interestingly enough, Darren has been super positive about his like I've always been so amazed with him and how he deals with it. His diagnosis, like all three when the, the grade has gone up, he's like, all right, cool. Well let's we'll do this. And I was like, what? I'm like, yeah. this cannot happen. Like I need mm. to be here for my family. Like I lost it for a little bit and I'm fine now, but because I took control of the diagnosis, but when you're first diagnosed, you feel so out of control Yeah. and you're, you first like your, your fears go everywhere. Like I was like, holy shit, what if it's like everywhere? But what was there your, go ahead. Uh, And where, you know, where was, where was Darren at, in terms of his, how he was managing it. Like, cause I assume that that would probably play a role in terms of how you're, how you're being affected mentally when you've got a partner who has a 
cancer diagnosis and you like are you are you are you in the midst of feeling like you are very much so taking care of Darren at this point or is have things sort of settled mm-hmm. a little bit in terms of his diagnosis when this comes your way his diagnosis he's doing great yeah. so but you know it's a grade four like Ooh. it's not his grade it's never going to go away he's not cancer free it's I mean, we've had many conversations up with him and I mean, about his own death, like we are very open about it. And so we, we should share that one night. It was crazy, but we should, um, we should, that we really should. It'll, it would make people really understand like, yeah, what this is all about, but really we'll go into that in a minute, but I was, I was scared because my, my kids look to me as mm. the strong one. And I'm all, I am the strong one. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be the weak person. Like, I don't want people to look at me sick. Like, I don't want that because I'm the caretaker mm. and I take care of the family. And so I, it scared me. Like, that's what scared me. Like, who's going to take care of me kind of a little bit if it got to the point where, you know, it got bad or who yeah. knows? Like, I just I didn't know what I was up. dealing with. I stepped up. You did. And I was going to, I was going to say, Darren, like, did you, did you feel that? that gap like did you were, did you feel capable of stepping into that role and wearing that hat for a little bit yeah i i think i i did and i think when you're more when you're kind of up against it because jenny is always kind of taking care of things that i don't think i need to be taking care of is that is that right and I so, so i finally was able to do this kind of stuff on my own because i was forced to mm-hmm. um and so i think it really help change our relationship, you know, kind of back to, I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. Because all of a sudden he was caring for me. So it was like, but Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't need like that. I didn't need it that much, but you know, for him, he was, he was, he was stepping up for sure. And he Mm. did awesome. The things that I typically took care of, he was taking care of. And, but like, he couldn't go to appointments with me that were really important appointments, even though he wanted to, yeah, he COVID. couldn't because yeah. his COVID. brain just can't remember. No, it was because. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he just. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. COVID. That was that hilarious. I mean, that, I mean, that what just happened right now was was hilarious. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Like you know, you're going into these. You're going, and and I I get this. I get this as the person who has you know lived with a chronic illness, and and I have I have important. Um, you know, uh, appointments that I've gone to in my life and having someone there who is not the patient who has that second set of ears and is able to clearly hear the things that are being said and, and like capable of like remembering some of the things that might be more important than others is really important because like when you are the patient, it can be mentally, it can just be a very taxing, overwhelming experience regardless. And so it, you know, unless you're one of those people that's like taking notes, it's oftentimes very easy to kind of, um, to, to, to have a harder time to make sense of what actually was trying to be communicated within that, that appointment. Um, and so I get it. I totally understand. Like, you know, Darren, with your, with your, um, with the changes that you faced in terms of going through, uh, brain cancer and having several, several surgeries, like it would be, it would be tough. It would be tough to be there and be that person. That's like, yeah, basically taking minutes, you know, for, for the, for the meeting. 
and he has short-term memory. Well, he can't write anymore, (laughs) but he has short-term memory issues. Listen to this. So at that appointment, this very important appointment, we're talking about like chemo, like all the things, the steps that's going to happen. He knows where I'm going. I have my sister there with me and we leave the appointment and I get a phone call and it's Darren. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is, you know, he really wants to know what's happening. And I answer the phone. I'm like, Hey, and he's like, oh my gosh, guess what? I just went to the store and like telling me all these things that he just did. And I'm like, you do realize the appointment I just went to, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, I know. I felt so yes. selfish. But yeah, I just oh, forget. Well, he forgets. Like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, it was fine, but he does yeah. forget. Do, do I, uh, <laughs> go, go for it, Dave. Do, do you, when, you know, you mentioned, um, you mentioned earlier about how, how you how you sort of felt when you got that diagnosis and um i kind of want to preface this question with saying first that you know anybody's reaction to a any diagnosis of any kind when you are face when you are forced to acutely face your mortality um is is appropriate i don't think there i don't think there is a right or a wrong to that it's so deeply personal um but in saying what you said before about you know how Darren, how Darren looked at his diagnosis and was so sort of uh, that that there was he very took it in it sounded like he very took it in stride and there was a you know there was a there was he was able to see humor and it kind of took it very well. Um, did you feel like did you feel like you weren't able to feel the way you were feeling or did you feel like a, a, a like a guilt towards how you were feeling because it was in such contrast to Darren's experience? A good question. You I'm, mean I'm, because mine is a lesser. Because you, because you, because it seemed like you, you, the way that you described it, it seemed like you, you, you felt like, you, you know, this can't, this, you know, this can't ha- happen to me. And I don't, and, and um, I don't want this to be, you know, happening to me and this and all the, all these feelings of uh, these like heavy feelings. Right. In contrast to, in contrast to, to Darren's, how Darren, yeah. um, how Darren's uh, uh, coped or um, mm-hmm. approached his diagnosis. Yeah, we're very different. So he's mm. like always talks about like his funeral and ridiculous things. Like he just says the funniest things about it. And I was like, I mean, I went to my breast surgeon. I'm like, whatever you have to do, take my breast. Like I, I need to be here. Like it was more so like, <laughs> they're still here. I was like, I, that's rude too, by the way. <laughs> you want me to be Jeez. transparent? Um, <sighs> True. Um, Open communication. We love it here. It's right. We're very open over here. But um, I, I didn't feel guilty about that. But Darren, so Darren always has said, I look at cancer as a gift. And I'm like, oh, you know, I would like, like earrings or like rings or like, that's a gift (laughs) to me. Yes. Like, I think there's blessings from my diagnosis. I've definitely changed over the last year, but I, uh, I definitely felt differently than Darren. He's Mm -hmm. like, goes with it. I'm like, Oh, hell no. What do I need to do? Like, he didn't really change anything. Like he loves his cocktails. He loves, you know, he's just like, has the biggest sweet tooth ever. He'll love sugar. And I'm like, I changed everything. You're actually mm. like an like an I'm a unhealthy person. Well, I mean, you're, you're not unhealthy, a, you're, but you're wearing a sweater that says carbs. I'm not saying that carbs <laughs> are, un, are are inherently unhealthy, but uh, but I mean you know <laughs> I, I, it states it, you know it really states that you do love your sugars. 
you know? Yeah, that, that's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, um, what was treatment like for you? And and like, what was the length of time that you, you sort of went through? I mean, I guess you're kind of in it still, right? Well, kind of. But I mean, like, it's it went so much quicker, so much when you're in it, like for those that are listening that are in it, it seems like it's forever. But so I did um, a lumpectomy and then I did radiation chemo was on the table and I still could have been on the table, but I decided not to. And my doctor was okay with that too. Um, just because my grade is a little bit higher. So a little bit more of an aggressive type cancer, but, um, I just changed what I could. And then I had my ovaries removed just because that's just another, my uh, breast cancer was estrogen driven. And then, um, so ovaries removed and now I'm on hormone blocking meds, which bring in some lovely, yeah menopause mm-hmm. symptoms so mm-hmm. yeah but so but i'm i feel like i'm through it like i feel like i'm done yeah right mm-hmm. now like i can see jen back to herself yeah mm-hmm. um it's not like she was in a bad place anyways but mm-hmm. i can really see like yeah the big change in you and the way that you handle yourself with this whole thing like so she's doing um she really does a lot of stuff with the community as far as breast cancer now. Um, it's kind of her motivation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I change. said, when I take when I have a s- issue in my life, I research the heck out of it, and I'm like, okay, what what can I do? How how can I help others? Like me being a light because people, I I was big on social media before that because of what I did. I was a health coach, like an online health coach. And, you know, that was the other interesting part. They're like, what the hell? How could you, you're like healthy. How could you become diagnosed? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I just, now I, I kind of switched it. Now I just share all breast cancer stuff. Did that, did that piss you off at all? Like the idea, like I, that it just, that kind of just drives me nuts. That idea that like somebody who does something that's related to health is somehow impervious to right. like the diagnosis that, you know, you have no control over or very right. little control over. Yeah. Yeah. It's just people will, they use that as an excuse. Like, what's the point? Why do I have to get healthy? I'm like, oh, because there's a lot of other things that, you know, heart health and so many other things that you want to do that for. So I'm curious, uh, Jen, you mentioned that Darren, you oftentimes will say that your cancer has been a gift for you. Um, what, like, what do you feel like your, uh, and this is kind of part of a question that we usually ask towards the end, but, but, um, to ask it a little bit earlier, like what, what is it that you feel has been a gift in terms of your diagnosis? Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, before, like, you know, we lived a great life. We still live, uh, living a great life. life. (laughs) But it was, um, it wasn't, you know, I, I was just going through the motions. And I think Jen was too. And, you know, after the first surgery, it was still kind of going along with everything. And then when the second surgery happened, it was like something just triggered in my brain. So let's see, how do I explain this? He's just very, he, um, he, he truly wakes up like singing. We laugh every day. He's so funny. Mm -hmm. We don't take life seriously. We used to, we used to stress about the stupid little things that, that happen in a marriage. We do not like our fights. Of course we fight we argue, but there it's quick. You know what I mean? We're yeah, not I mean, angry for days. Like our whole marriage changed. Like it changed yeah. a lot of things and there was a lot of ups and downs and changing, but yeah, he's just always said it's a gift. He's like, he'll even say, 
you know, like the other day we were talking on our podcast and he said, yeah, I've lived my life. Like I've done it all. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay. Yeah. I I've really, truly, I can't imagine my life going any better, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like it doesn't have its challenges and everything, mm -hmm. but um, I think I've lived a really, really fruitful life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He um, would always say to me, um, he would talk about, oh, I want this at my funeral. <laughs> I mean, he he wants a black tie, invite yep. only funeral. He wants an oh, open yeah. casket. They want to make him smile. He wants them. To, I'm like, that's awkward. Yeah, kind of pin my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants to wear like a with teeth With teeth or no teeth? I would have to have a little bit of. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the is, thing is, is like, this the, um, is this the thing that you were you were mentioning earlier that yes. you're like, oh, we should talk? Okay, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, okay. So, I, but I would always laugh it off and brush it off, but he would yeah. always bring it up. And so, statue. This is after his third brain surgery, and so this is now we know it's a grade four. He does want a statue. Yeah. That's insane. A statue so of a, yourself, like at the, like a little mini one. That he wants me to have out front uh, at our house. Like that, so like neighbors can come over. Like, like those lions, like in, in Italian people's homes, like at the at the base of the driveway, like two lions right. at the base of the driveway. Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking. Darren, <laughs> Darren, Darren, I fucking love you. Yeah, yeah. I know. He's like, then neighbors can come over and have happy hour with me. Like yeah. I'll just be there. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. So this one night, this was, he was just finishing a oh. chemo round. This is after his third brain surgery. We knew it was a grade four. So glioblastoma is like the life expectancy for that is usually about 18 months. Like, oh, wow. and, but we now know because his is went to a grade four, it's a grade four, not a glioblastoma that it acts differently. So, but we didn't know that at the time. So we knew our time was limited and mm. he, I had just put some music on. I had poured a glass of wine. I was making dinner he came in and he started bringing up, we had music on in the background and he's like, I thought, I think I want this song at my funeral. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. he's like, no, I really want to talk to you about this. And I was like, really? And so it was like the most beautiful yet yeah. gut wrenching conversation I've ever had in my life. Like um, he, we talked about everything. He, he had me planned out who I was going to marry. Afterwards. Still got somebody in mind. <laughs> no, it, it, I'm, I'm not even like, this yeah. isn't a joke. Yeah. I, 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 I'm like, if something ever happens to me, I want you to be happy. I want yeah. you to be prepared. I want, you know, all the stuff in a, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but not a joke. There yeah. is this guy and it's like, please don't say his name. I'm not going to say his name, but um, <laughs> his name I'm is like, Brad Pitt. Okay. whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be great. I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> but I was kind of like, you know, I just wanted to be so happy. And yeah. I, I was like, I just want her to be taken care of. Oh, kind so of sweet. thing. That's and so I, I've always just, um, I'm not that kind of guy that's going to be jealous and stuff like that. But I just, we had this awesome talk about what we really want. Mm -hmm. He even talked about, like, lives. I was like, are you scared? Are you scared of like the thought of death? Like, are you scared of that? And he was like, no, I'm like, what do you think that looks like? Like we, we had the, it, the conversation was crazy that night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody needs to have that conversation. I don't care how old or young you are. Yeah. At some point in your life, you have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and, and earlier, the better, you know, yeah. like to have, at yeah. least, at least to have those thoughts put out there. Uh, especially with the people that you love most, like to, mm -hmm. to just have, you know, or, or 
we're all going to die. It's going to happen. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. like, no matter how, no matter how afraid you are of it, it, the, the sooner you can start stimulating those types of conversations and normalizing those types of conversations within your relationships, within your mm-hmm. friendships, like that's, it's a very important thing to consider. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Darren, for you, like walking into the kitchen that night, did, did you know, were you like, oh, I want to have this conversation or did, did it just kind of come up organically when you started asking about the song at the funeral? I think it was, I would say it was organic. Yeah, because I did, I did tell her, I said, we have to have a talk and I don't know why, what kind of mind frame I was in. It might've been because of an MRI or something like that. Um, I don't remember how it exactly you had just finished a round of chemo. So he had just been sick that week. So, you know, oh, when you're okay. sick, you just finished chemo, you're not feeling good. And so you're thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that he talks about, we have just right down the road, there's a memory care center. <laughs> so he's always like, just it's brand new. Put me in there. He's like, I'm going to be like the star there. Like all the girls are going to want me. <laughs> like, I'll be the youngest one there. <laughs> what what's a memory care center? It's for it's for people with Alzheimer's or dementia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. dementia yeah. is kind of a that's kind of what I feel like I'm going towards, but I probably yeah. not. See but what happened. Oh, sorry. Oh, go no, ahead. go ahead. What happens is, is when you have like his the time it came back the third time, you normally cannot radiate your brain more than once. Yeah. And his brain was radiated over 56% of it. So the third time it came back, they were like, the doctor was even like, I'm not going to radiate your brain. And we're like, um, okay. So what would, what, what, what would you do? Mm. I always put it back on the doctor. What would you do if you were in our shoes? What would you do? And so he finally agreed to it. So, you know, typically they're just trying to extend his life by doing this glioblastoma. Well, he's kicking ass, but his memory's just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just- yeah. I did, but you know what? Like I have you to, depend on yeah. I, I mean yeah kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean so like you, you uh, can see it here you see it in the way that you know like like Jen and, and I don't I don't mean to say this in a way that's like like a shitty way but like you Jen you, you do you you speak for Darren a lot mm-hmm. and it's and it but it's but it but it's it's done in a really like sweet compassionate Supportive, way yeah. like if this was like yeah. if, if this was a podcast and you guys and we had nothing to do with cancer it would be people would be like Shut the fuck up! Let like let the man speak. <laughs> know, but but it, it but but you like you just do it so well, and you it, you know it, it's it's clear that you guys are. I mean, you guys are just. I said to Brian, like, you guys are such a fucking cool couple. Like, it, 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 I really um, there's there's the, like hashtag relationship goals is like a like really really strong vibe here with this with this conversation. I think. Yeah, no cap. Uh, she, um, I, I know that you guys, so again, I mentioned earlier, you guys have a podcast, not today cancer, uh, formerly known as the Mr. Worldwide and his bride, I believe. Um, so can you give us a little bit of uh, information about the podcast, how it started and, and how can people follow along with, with your guys' journey and, Uh, and what you're up to? So the interesting thing is I just, started journaling like crazy when I was diagnosed, like writing everything down. Um, and we had this podcast prior where we talked about his diagnosis and, um, and then he was kept, he was getting better. So we would just talk about like relationships and raising kids. And then when I was diagnosed, I was like, okay, all right, I guess this is like in my life for good. So we changed it to not today cancer. 
And I actually just wrote a book too, which will be coming out um, pretty soon. I just sent in the final edit. So, um, and that's, that's not today cancer. It's, it's a non-typical survival guide for the girl that wants to thrive. I'm not in it. Not just survive. <laughs> and we can I'm tell yes, you are. Can see barely. You can see <laughs> the bitterness. Yeah. yeah. He's mad. But so the podcast is um really it's therapeutic for us. I know it probably yeah. is for you guys too. And it's just fun. We totally. love podcasting. And so Mondays I interview like an expert in health in some way, like that can help in the healing process. And Wednesdays I interview other breast cancer thrivers and um, and then Darren and I are on Fridays and it's usually pretty funny on Fridays because you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Oh well, yeah. That sounds, that sounds sh- familiar. That sounds shockingly familiar. <laughs> it yeah. does. Yeah. 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 It sounds, <laughs> sounds like a really fucking great idea for a podcast. Honestly, I think it's like <laughs> the, uh, right up my alley. The, um, so, you know what, what I think we should do, like, cause I think you guys are really cool also. Mm-hmm. And like, if we had say the three of you were in a band, right. I would want to be your hype man. You know what I mean? I, that's yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. I think that I should be part of this yeah, yeah. thing with you guys. You know what well, I mean? Well, you know what? How about this? I'm gonna like put. That. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it out there. Uh, if if COVID uh, chills out a little bit more over the over the coming uh, year or two, we'll we'll do a live show in uh, in Michigan and yes. uh, well, we can do a we can do a two collab, a little collab yeah. you know, live show. You know, yeah. you know, Brian and I, um, Brian and I were arrested in Port Huron. Yeah. Really? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Why? We're Why? Like, uh, we were like weed. 19. They smuggled oh weed across the border. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? It was an accident. Yeah, we didn't oh, okay. have any that's contacts what... in Grand Rapids. So. Yeah. That's oh, what, we, we that's forgot what we had Griner it, said. man. We forgot, <laughs> man. <laughs> it was an accident. It was an accident. Oh my God. Long story short, we long story short, we a, we actually really did accidentally drive south from Toronto to the to the port here on border crossing instead of driving north. Yeah, <laughs> that is hysterical. I was listening to your episode the other day. I don't know when it was recorded. I just pop on one. It was where you guys were talking about the psychedelics. Uh oh, Jesus! That's probably there's probably about yeah. fifty-nine to percent. To, yeah, percent of the episodes <laughs> we're talking about psychedelics. We we talk about them a lot. Um, Aaron, <laughs> tell them what you is that did. A Canadian thing. Uh, psychedelics. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's uh, it was actually um, this is what makes Canada better than the United States. The psychedelics were actually uh, invented in Canada. <laughs> okay, I got you. Darren took a um a shark tranquilizer. Oh wow, uh, ketamine. It was it was a ketamine. I don't know what it was. All I know is it was Earth Day, and uh, <laughs> this is when I was in college. And they called it a sh- not a tranquilizer. They called it a shark mm. paralyzer, and so. We took it and him and, his friend. and I was, I, cu- I couldn't move. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, oh, I'm, like, there, I'm like, my body doesn't even move. <laughs> I and, can imagine uh, that something that paralyzes a shark would do a number on a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a fun earth day. I'm I'm, yeah. quick, I'm trying yeah. to Google shark tranquilizer, but I can't, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, dude, it's gotta I, be ketamine. I wanted to, uh, it probably is. I wanted to uh, ask you guys one one last question too before we wrap. Um, that it is is a l- little bit more serious, and I I think uh, our listeners would would they probably expect this one to come from me anyway. But um, I've said this like a hundred times on the show before. But um, my mom had cancer, and the hardest part for her was not the physical recovery, but dealing with the sort of mental health side of things. Mm-hmm. And I know that the, you mentioned. Um, that you guys have have gone to therapy together, and I'm curious what role um, therapy therapy has played in 
your recovery process and like how your mental health has been affected through this? Yeah, I know that. So I talk to a lot of women where the biggest thing is mental, the mental aspect of it, the PTSD, the fear of recurrence. And it's so common. And I feel like because of um, the work that I do as therapy, but I also, my morning is like, I, I listen to something. I listen to personal development. I read something. I write affirmations. Like mindset is so powerful. Like fear is going to come up (laughs) and you have to let it in. You don't want it to get stuck, but then you have to have it move through your body. So I do a lot of meditation. Like I remember feeling so out of control with fear that I found this app that's unplug. I, that's the name of this. I mean, there's yeah, a million yeah. out there. There's, yeah. but, um, and it had a super calm, it was called your super calm. And that meditation, just teaching you breathing techniques is everything because mm. you can't get through this. I mean, unless you're Darren without fear, I mean, he's hardly ever does, but it is a thing when you're a mom and you're taking care of the family and, and you have a lot of responsibilities, like, of course it comes up. So you just have to do the work for mm-hmm. sure. And she, the thing is she like, she practices what she preaches. Mm-hmm. Exercise she, too. She, it's just, it's just like whatever you can do, like taking, like when you are diagnosed, yes, you, you have to do the treatment that you believe in that you choose to do, you know, but you also have to take part in that your yeah. life changed when you were diagnosed and it should change. Like people are like, I don't want this to change me. Okay. But it should change you a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're still you, but you need to do things to help when you're healing. So like, weirdly, my exercise was um, different. Like I used mm-hmm. to work out and lift all the time. And now I don't, I do, I changed it. I do more like yoga and mindfulness stuff and, and my nutrition changed. So for me, the fear isn't there as much because I'm doing things on my end. I'm yeah. not just leaving it in the doctor's hands. Right. Yeah. The yoga thing makes a lot of sense too, because like you said, it's hard to get into the mammogram position. So now I understand why women do <laughs> yes. yoga so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Just get that flexibility. Moving yeah. Yeah. That yeah, boob that, flexibility. That, it's very big right. in yoga these days. <laughs> um, they should just do that to a guy one day. Just so you can experience yeah, yeah. it. No, they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jen, uh, Darren, how can people, uh, how can people find you? Uh, whether social media websites, where, where can people follow along? Yeah. My, uh, Jen or at Jen Delvo, my Instagram is where I am most of the time. Like that's all me. I do it all. I do all the messaging. Jen is my website. And then our podcast show is not today cancer. And then my book is not today cancer. That's coming out soon too. Uh, that is D-E-L-V-A-U-X, Delvo. Um, guys, it's been such a treat. Really, really enjoyed sitting down and, and getting the chat with the two of you about your experience, your collective experience in dealing with cancer. And uh, uh, I think, you know, I think our listeners are really going to appreciate this conversation. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. It's yeah. been so fun. Yeah, I know. It's been uh, it's really been fun meeting you guys. And we need to have you on our show. Please. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love sure. to. We will. Yeah, we'd love to.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.